0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Roden Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC.
1: Mella. lovely cushion header. But you're... Oh, you're beautiful!
0: What a hit! Good. What a hit! The Liverpool
1: 3-0. Call it, take it quickly. Origi! Yeah! 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 You're giving it! Yeah! <laughs> Salah took it. Rolled it up here for Nubia!
0: Course. Welcome to season three of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Red Jordan Lussie. Jordan, good to see you, mate. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you.
0: Busy week for yourself, as we've just been talking about there. Yeah. I'll get into the FA Cup side of things in a minute. But let's just dive into you. So the youth days. So when did you first sign at the Academy?
1: Um so I first signed at Liverpool. Um under nines. Um, so I was there from, from seven, eight years old. Um, around the same time, I think I was at Liverpool, Everton, Preston, North End as well, as as well as me, my um, Sunday league team, Crossall, in Ormskirk. And once you get to under nines, you obviously got to make the decision of, of who you're going to sign for. Yeah. Um, so for me, being a red, obviously it was a, an easy decision. And um, the yeah, under nines was, was the first sort of registration that, that I signed at the club.
0: And, so, was the offers on the table from other clubs then at the time you was going for Liverpool?
1: Yeah, there was. There was obviously I don't remember as as much, but speaking to to my parents and there was offers from you know United, um, obviously Everton, Preston. There's loads of teams, but um, it was only going to ever be be Liverpool for me.
0: Okay, so obviously you was there from a young age till how old was you when you left the club?
1: I was twenty when I left.
0: Twenty. So. When you first get your pro deal then, I don't know whether they called it the YTS or the scholarship back then, do um, you remember that feeling of being offered that deal?
1: I was quite lucky. Um, I was offered mine quite early, so I know that a lot of boys get offered theirs, you know, under 16s can be quite yeah. nerve-wracking for them, there's a lot of pressure pressure on them at that age to, to sort of perform, to prove themselves, to um, to try and get a, a scholar. Um I was lucky enough to be told quite early that I was going to be not only just offered a scholar but a professional contract as well. So I was assigned I my scholarship forms, but I turned pro on my seventeenth birthday. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I that under sixteen for me, I could play a bit of freedom and and sort of yeah. relax a little bit, which and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, there wasn't other boys as fortunate in that sense than I was. But um, yeah, luckily in, in my case. Um quite rare, I think that I was told pretty early on that you know I'd be be okay.
0: Yeah, you have had some squad growing up, didn't you? From obviously from an early age, you must have been around together for years. But yeah. um did you look at players around you that would you you'd probably say were good enough to make it at the top level, but did crack when the pressure came to that time?
1: Um potentially, yeah. Um obviously in in new football you have Boys develop at different ages Um, you know probably the most obvious example at the minute is Paul Mullen coming from from my age group who you know was at the academy all the way through me didn't get off for the scholarship at Liverpool took a bit of time out um, you know and what a name he's made for himself now at Wrexham so you know prime example of you know if it doesn't work out Liverpool it doesn't mean that you know you're not a good player and it doesn't mean you can't go on to have a, have a career. And, you know, there's other players. Jack McCourt's an example. He's gone on to play the Football League. He's, you know, National North at, at the minute. But, you know, just because boys don't get the yes at a scholarship at a massive club like Liverpool, you know, there's there's plenty of avenues in football to go down.
0: Yeah, I think people forget that, don't they? they like, just because you've been released by Liverpool, you know, it's, it's no embarrassment because people don't realise the level you've actually got to be at to be at that and that's not just on a match day that's every single day the standard
1: doesn't it you've got to realise you're playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world Um, you know so the, the level is extremely high Um, you know obviously for, for local boys it's a, it's a bit more disappointing and hard to take it's, it's your boyhood club. club um, you know some of the boys that got released and didn't get a scholarship they've been at the club since under nine so you know they've been there for a long time and it's all they've known um, and it's not easy it's not football a, it's a tough industry, it's cutthroat, it's it's brutal at times. Um you know and some people don't recover from that. Some some do, you know, if you if you if you you know if you're strong mentally and you can suffer the setbacks and and rise from that come back from it. You know, you, you can go on to have a career but it does you know the the rejection does um unfortunately um cut cut careers quite early.
0: Yeah, obviously you played at a really top level growing up through the academy and then under-21s level for Liverpool. Um, you was you was there at a good time, let's say, because obviously Daglish wanted you to stay at the club. Um, from what I've been reading as well, obviously I don't know mm-hmm. too much about it up until now, but the pressure on your shoulders was massive from, from an early age, let's say, because you was asked to be the next Steven Gerrard, which, you know... I don't think that's the right term to use with anyone, to be honest with you, because I don't think anyone ever will be the next Stephen Gerrard. But how did you feel about that comment? Did it it put extra pressure on your shoulders or did you think, wow?
1: I think because I was in such a good moment at the time, um, everything that was happening on the pitch, off the pitch was just going as well as what it could have done. You know, I was... Uh, representing England at, at youth level, um, I was captain of the youth teams. I was a goal scorer, midfielder Everything was just going to plan. It was n- nothing could have gone better um, in terms of my development at that age. And I remember it was a it was a comment to me by Frank Lampard. I, I knew I knew I was rated highly. They didn't they didn't hide that. You know, I, yeah. I felt wanted. I felt I was looked after well. Um, you, you know, my coaches. Coming up for the youth team, Steve Cooper now, he's obviously at Notts Forest. Um Kenny was the manager who had a great relationship with with Kenny Douglish. Uh Frank McPalm was the Academy director and it was it was the comment off of him coming in. Um, you know, Pep Gora was there as well, Rodolfo Burrell, and you know, these these coaches coming from Barcelona worked with the best players in the world, and you know, to sort of compare you, saying you had similar traits at that age to Iniesta and players like this, it's, you know, it's like a wow moment. And I remember I had a sit down with Frank, he pulled him into his office and you know, things were going well. Um I just turned around to the picture behind him to Jared on the wall and said, you know, we want you to be the next Jared of the club. And for me he was like, you know, he's he's my idol. I've looked up yeah. to him for and you know, I was playing in the youth team with Raheem Sterling. He was just about moved up to the to the next level. He was in and around the first team and, you know, it was like, no, you'll be in the first team before Raheem. Um wow. And that that's was was where I was at at the time. Obviously, football is a game of opinions, and you know, as soon as Kenny loses his job and there's a turnover in staff, then it you know you you've got to prove yourself again, and you know you've got to um, new people come in with with new styles, new philosophies, new opinions, and you know all all that sort of hard work, um, you know doesn't go out the window, but you know you've everyone's gonna on a play eleven field again, and you've yeah. you've just got to prove yourself even more.
0: So obviously, when Douglas leaves the club, everyone was gutted about it anyway because it's one of them situations where he, he couldn't have done right or wrong at the time because it was just he didn't want an icon going out was on a bad note. But he, yeah. he left the club. Um, Rodgers comes in, um, and it it kind of feels like it was a case of he wanted to put his mark on the club. Let's say, and obviously you've just mentioned there it's a clean slate for everyone. Did you get knocked down a peg by him? Because I believe you was offered
1: it to be a three-year deal at the time. Yeah, um, you know, I, I wouldn't maybe describe it as Doctor Pegdown. Um, I remember the first at the time, Rod just coming in. I was I was training quite regularly at the, at the first team at, at Melwood. Obviously, they were separate then from the academy. So yeah. I remember the first time I bumped into into Brendan. It was it was in the corridor at Melwood. Uh, he introduced himself. Said, "Oh, John," he said, "I've I've been told you're the new Iniesta." So I just had a laugh to him and said, "Oh, who's told you that? My mum, just in a jokey way sort of thing. Um, so it, it was fine. And then obviously the news come in, I think it was the week I was supposed to sign the contract that it had all been agreed a three-year deal, um, you know, I'd get a phone call from the agent at the time and was told that this contract was now off the table and, um, you know, just be a, a lesser contract on a, on a one-year deal. So obviously alarm bells start sort of ringing and, you, know, you think of why am I not wanted? Does he not rate me? Is my time coming to an end? What's going on? Sort of thing. So just, you know, relax, sort of take your time and we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll we'll see what's what. So we remember training the, the day after I had the phone call with my agent. I was I was up at Melwood um just doing the warm-up and and Brendan said, Jordan, he said, uh, come and see me at the end of the training in my office. So I'm thinking, oh I know what what's good going on here, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um so then I, I, I trained well, um, went, to, went to see Brendan, sat down with him, um, and he, he was just honest. He said, listen, he said, um, I've heard great things about you. You know, you sound like my type of player, the type of player that I like, a footballer. Um, he said, obviously, this contract situation that I believe that there was off, you were offered a, a three-year deal, he said, that's not the way I work. He said he, he used comparisons to his son, Anton. Um, he said whenever Anton was offered more than a year contract in the past, you know, I've always gone into the club and said, no, I just want a year um, because it keeps the young boys hungry. You know, you've not yeah. done anything yet in senior football, you know, and, and that's just the way he works. So, you know, I can understand it. Um then the end of the day, he said, I don't want you to feel as if I don't rate you as a player because I do. He said, this is just, I, I want you to stay. And, um, and that's that so he was honest and you know I, t- I took his word for it signed the contract and um and then obviously what happened down the line happened and then there's you know Jürgen comes in when I'm not there and then the whole philosophy changes again you know his philosophy now the philosophy of the club is to tie boys down to long term deals keep the market value high give them exposure etc Um, you know so at that age when you leave and you see all that going on there's a lot of what ifs and you know I'm seeing boys that at one point were sort of in the academy when I was at Melwood and now they're all of a sudden getting opportunities and exposure. So, you know, it, it, it was tough at, at times. Um, but again, it's probably given me the resilience to to, to keep going and, and still be in the game now, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just asking about that. I, I weren't really going to get into this conversation, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, mental health a big thing more so nowadays because more people are speaking out. Um, at that time when, let's say it didn't go to plan, how you envisage the long term future? How did that affect you?
1: It wasn't easy. Um, you know, I've had some some really dark days in football. Um, you know, I, I went from being in Europa League squad, flying to Besiktas away on a on a private plane with Gerard and Balotelli and these unbelievable players, to then literally a year and a half later playing for my local team, Southport. Um, you know, going to live Spartans on a Tuesday night. It's, you know, it's it's tough thinking. Where did this all go wrong? How did it go wrong so quickly? Um, you know, so I had to come to terms with it quite quickly and get my head around around it. Um, you know, it's something that I'm I'm very passionate about. Now, the mental health side of, of the games, the aftercare of players, you know, it's something that I, I speak regularly, you know, I have, a, I have a great relationship still with the club, with the academy, you know, I've, even today I've been in at the AXA with, the, with some of the first team staff. Um, I've got a re- great relationship with the club, you know, I left the club eight years ago and, for, and, you know, you know, a message that I keep bringing to them is is I'm so passionate about the aftercare of players and... Um, because I know firsthand how difficult it can be.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned there obviously Klopp joins the club and you're let's say I wouldn't say an outsider because that's not the case at all. You've been there since you was a you know, a baby pretty much. Um how was it watching from a father knowing that some lads that were in, in and around where you was playing are then touching base with you and Klopp and they're in his squads? It
1: was difficult, I remember. When Jurgen Klopp got announced, I was I was a bottom wonders then, um, and you know that was that was a, a move that that's probably killed my career. Being honest, um, wrong move, wrong time, um, potentially wrong advice. Um, you know, I'm I'm sat in a going for going again from the facilities you have and coming to Bolton in the difficulties, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now sat in a port cabin at Bolton Wanderers in the under-21 squad. Nowhere closer to the first team at Bolton than, than I was at Liverpool. In fact, further away from Bolton's first team than I was at Liverpool. You know, looking now that Jürgen Klopp's the new manager at Liverpool, looking at the pictures, looking at all the boys, all my ex-teammates now training with the first team, not just one or two that it was when I was there. It's now like a handful of players getting opportunities and cups and, um, that was tough. That was, you know, it, I'm a 21-year-old boy at this time who's been at the club for 12 years and then, you know, you go so close to, to sort of getting it and then you come away from it that year. You come away or a couple of months later, you know, these opportunities arise. So um, it wasn't easy. But like I said, um, I come through it, learned to deal with it the best way I could. um, you know, I've managed to, to forge a career you know, being honest, not at the level that I thought I'd be playing at back then, but, you know, I'm still enjoying my football. Um, still feel like I've got a, a lot to give back to the game and, and you know, I just love being in, in, involved involved in it.
0: That's good. And obviously you're hanging on to moments and you get moments like you did in the FA Cup, which we'll come yeah. on to in a minute. Um, why do you think... Well, I don't know this because I just... I see it from afar. Why did it not work out at Bolton? Obviously they were going through a, a bit of a hell of a time themselves for quite a few years but why did that not work out
1: for you um you know there's probably just probably a few different reasons um you know at the time i w- i was sold on the move to you know the 20 you'll be joining the the 21 squad they train on a pitch alongside the first team by christmas you'll be you'll be playing for the first team and, you know, as a 21-year-old boy, you're coming from Liverpool, you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm leaving Liverpool, but by Christmas I could be playing in the Championship here. Yeah, Naive of me, but, you know, as a 21-year-old, are you going to think any different? Um, You know, probably should have took me time a little bit more. You know, I did, after the move, I heard of other interests that, that come in from different clubs. You know, this was the first sort of club that come in and I sort of jumped ship in, yeah. in hindsight too soon. You know, whether that was... You know, wrongly advised by me agents at the time. Potentially, you know, if I look back or as to buy, advise anyone else, you know, it doesn't have to be championship. Go go down to league one, lead two, earn your stripes. Look at Joe Rafferty's a prime example. Left Liverpool, went to Rochdale. You know, played hundreds of games for them. He's now playing for Portsmouth. Cam Brannigan at Oxford. You know, it didn't have to be the first one jump into. You know, you've got you going into a club at Bolton, who at the time was struggling financially. They had big problems at board level. You know, you've got a, a manager with history of not knitting ne- Neil Lennon, not really playing young players. Um, you know, so probably a little bit more of homework, you know, whether at, at, in that time going back when I was that age, you you do that, I don't know. Um, but definitely with, obviously, with with age comes maturity and if I could go back in time, you know, I definitely would have I took my time, assessed my options and, um, you know, going from there.
0: I've I've spoken to a few of the ex academy players who obviously have gone on to have a career in whether that's top level, whether it's not top level. Um, and Adam Morgan seems to be in a similar both of a story. What he said, so when he leaves Liverpool, he's then got Leicester or Yeovil, and through advice, none of them none of his own, he goes to Yeovil, and you know Leicester go on to win the Premier League. It just tends to be that that next move there's got to be a big chunk of luck in it.
1: There has, of course you know not just football industry you need a bit of luck probably in any walk of life you need a bit of luck um, you know football's massively it's a game of opinions it's timing it's injuries you know there's there's a lot of top talent that would have gone astray that no one's heard of because of circumstances because of opinions because of this person you know and vice versa there would be a lot of players now that we've heard of that we wouldn't have heard of if there wasn't an injury for example Um, or things like that you know an example that that I can think of is you know Nat Phillips what a career he's gone to have he was I was at Bolton with him Um, Nat Phillips was in was in my team with Rob Holden obviously went, went to Arsenal you know me Nat Rob were all playing in the same team, and and that you know, off he'd admit himself, he admits himself, he wasn't really playing, Um, you know, he wasn't offered a, a pro contract. His his dad Jimmy uh, was academy manager, so he just come into to train and just you know, he had a lot of growing room. Um, he went out to America, he chose the university he was going to go to, ends up trying Liverpool impresses, impresses, and then you know he's gone on to other gonna move and do what he's done in the game. Um, so, I always say you've just got to be involved in football and, you know, you'll have high moments, you'll have low moments, but you're only, I always say to young players nowadays, you're only one pass, one, one goal, one little thing away from getting a move because you never know You never know you're watching.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, you've played for obviously various clubs after Bolton and I'd say, am I right in saying now, you've you found your feet. So, when I say that, obviously you play for different teams. You was at Marine, then... I don't know how you say it, filed, or what is it? Yeah. Filed. <laughs> I can never get, filed. I can never say yeah. it, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, and now you're back at Marine, and obviously you're having huge moments now We're beating Halifax Town away in the qualifying rounds, and now you're in the first proper round. Um, do these moments just make it all feel worthwhile for you? Because like you've said, you, your love for the games there, your passion, you've wanted to do this for your whole life. Do the moments like this, do they mean more to you now?
1: I think I cherish them more now, yeah. Um, you know, going through, coming from academy football, at Top End Academy, you know, you played, you learn to play football in a certain way, a certain style. Like I've had to go into non-league football from, from an early age, really. You know, National national, League, when I joined Southport. Um, you know, I, I describe top clubs, you, you live in a bubble. I describe it as the bubble. You know, when you're at Liverpool for 12 years, you don't realise how big it football is outside of League Two. You, you know it's a, it's a real eye-opener my what I'm passionate about now especially with academy boys is how quickly can you burst that bubble and give them exposure of non-league football because the reality of it is that probably 80% of them are going to end up in non-league uh, if, if that if that they're not going to play that's the sad reality of, of football so you know I think I've not survived but gone on to have a non-league career like I have and, and rack up games across sort of three divisions in the in the non-league level because I was ex- exposed to it at such a young age and, you know, I've had to adapt my age as a sort of ball-playing midfielder to then go into to the non-league system. It's, you know, you've got to adapt, you've got to adapt quickly. You know, you're, getting, you're playing senior football, you're playing with with players who are um, playing to pay the mortgage, essentially. You've got managers' jobs on the line, so if they don't trust you, they're not going to play you, so... I've heard stories even even being in Liverpool today I'm hearing stories of players that you know just couldn't survive my league or couldn't be trusted because it's a big eye opener Um, it's not easy but but yeah you know going on to to Saturday it was it was unbelievable I mean I, I worked extremely hard for him Part time, semi professional, non league to then get full time at, at File. I worked hard for that opportunity at File, the, the full time professional club. So for me, I think at, 20, at 26 when I got in there, you know, that was five years of hard work of semi professional football, of, you know, nights in the gym and runs by yourself and to get back into full time football. Um, and then coming away from from that, you know, back at Marine, the, the change in that club since I was first there. First time round, um, a year before, filed after the Spurs game. You know it's it's unbelievable the incline of that club and the supporters, the fan base now the the level of the players. The you know there's good players at this football club. There's good players in this league. Um, you know and I think that shows that uh, you know the little run that we've been on recently. We've you know we just lost last night to Macclesfield again. Who have some unbelievable players, uh, football league players. You know, before that we were twelve games unbeaten, we've won ten, we drew two. The two that we drew were FA Cup games that we then took to a replay and, and beat. Um, you know, Saturday we were away from home to, to Halifax National League full time team, top half of the table, just outside the playoffs, and we go there and put performance in and win one 0 to get the club to the first round of the FA Cup. Um you know, it's it's great and it's it's why you you know, the buzz that you get from that. You know, there's a there's a lot of lows, more lows than highs in football. Um and especially with with age and maturity, you learn to enjoy the highs and you know cherish them because they don't come around very often.
0: Did you get a coach to Halifax? And if you did, what was the journey only? Like?
1: We did, yeah. Um, the journey on from a from a win is always a party bus, but um, you know it was it was good. We we enjoyed ourselves, but obviously we knew that. Uh, the reality of non-league yeah, and games come thick and fast, so we had yeah. we had a tough game on Tuesday, you know, we, we play Saturday again, then we play Tuesday, then we play Saturday then we play Monday, so it's, it's non-stop and it's relentless non-league, and you, you know, you've got to think that a Tuesday night you've got lads that are up for work at five they're at work all day you know, grafting and then you've got a game at 7.45 against again, another full-time or hybrid opposition that, you know, have the luxury of just having football as the job, so um, it's tough, mate, but you know I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's just the main thing.
0: Good. So when you you've touched on the, the Tottenham game for Marine then, and obviously that would have brought in a lot of money for a for a club of Marine size. Let's say, um, how good has that been for the club having that having the eyes on the club, but also that money from that time? As when you say the incline, is as all that helped with that situation.
1: Definitely. Um, I was at I was at Marine prior to the cup run um, on a brief brief deal before COVID um and you know, I was probably playing in front of three hundred and fifty people, you know, on a, on a grass pitch. The grass pitch was awful, you know, it's bobbling into you, bouncing up at your shins and that's that's where they were still a great club, full of great people, but you know, it's just a typical non league club. Um and then, you know, everything happens with the FA Cup and what comes with it, the, the finances, the sort of the fame, the worldwide known now with name of, of marine football club um and what it's done for that club is is unbelievable um the way that they've invested the money back into back into the club you know it's got a, a restaurant there now lovely bar function room they've turned the pitch into you know the highest quality 4G available um the fan base now you know you're averaging sort of 14 1500 people per game um you know so it's a, it's a massive it's, it's, it's unbelievable, really, the rise of, of Marine in the last couple of years.
0: It's good to see that, though, isn't it? Because you get so many, I wouldn't, you know, I, would, I don't really want to pick names here, but you get so many clubs who get that money and they just go running with the money. They don't actually put it back into the club. So to see them investing into the club and putting that money back in there, it, it can only be good for Marine in the future, can kind it? Of, as you're seeing now, you're seeing the results. Um, but you've got Harrigan Town in the first proper round on the 4th of November. So if anyone wants to get down there, make sure you get down there and give the lads some support because, as you know, you know yourself, getting a ticket for Anfield's near nothing possible. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you think you're going to get on, first of all? Obviously, it's a tough ask, let's be honest. Um, But that second round opens up even more avenues for you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, do you know what? I think, That speaking to the lads yesterday, we, we fancy it. Um. You know, it'll be a tough, it'll be, be packed, it'll be a sellout, it'll be a sellout at Marine, Um be a hostile environment for them, you know, the fans will be on our side Um we'll be up for it more than they will, you know, the, the minute that they're in the, the wrong half of, of League Two, um, you know, for them, they'll be looking at it's a massive banana skin, which obviously it is. the pressure's off us, we have no uh, no pressure on us at all, we can go out play our game and, you know, our, our fans just uh, to cause an upset and as you said, you know. Um, if we can play as well as I you know we can you know we can go to away to Halifax town which potentially you could look at as maybe a, a more difficult fixture going away to Halifax yeah. um, you know we've got we're home we fancy ourselves at home um, yes League 2 Football League opposition but you know we won't be faced by that at so. all
0: Good good. I'm, I'm going to get down there with my little lad um, I, just, I just feel like you know I've talked to Anfield so many times and I don't think kids appreciate the actual hard work that goes into it because they see all these names on that pitch and they see all the money that's in Anfield. But the reality of the situation is like you can you see for yourself, it's so easy for things to just tumble. And you know, that's that's no disrespect to anyone that this has happened to. But people forget how hard it is to get to that top level and people forget how hard it is to stay at any level. So for for what you've done, mate, i just gotta take my hat off to you for staying hungry, staying involved and working your ass off to get where you've got.
1: Thank you, mate. I appreciate that.
0: Um, lastly, I want to talk to you about your coaching. Then, so you've got a, a coaching group up. Uh, is it you playing on yeah. Marine? Is it is that where you are train from?
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I specialise in, in one to one, one to one sessions um, of half terms. Um, I put on football camps for boys and girls at Marine, so they get the experience of playing at a, a stadium. Um, you know, it's half term. Next week, I've got a camp on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week and, you know, they'll be playing on the same pitch as the FA Cup first round the week after, you know. So even for them, you know, I, t- I tell the kids when you come down, you know, Gareth Bale's played on this pitch, he's played here, Mourinho's been here and their eyes light up, um, you know, which is great. I think you've seen with Adam Morgan as well. Um, Cam Brannigan started his own academy, Connor Cody's just started his. You know, I think people with the experiences that, that we've got I think just naturally we have a passion to give back like I feel I've got so much that I I owe to the game with my experiences I think it'll be selfish of me not to to give back um, and you know I get great fulfilment from it as well.
0: Good. well good luck with it mate keep it going and is Thank there you. any pages that people I know that there's an Instagram page but do you want to plug a couple of your pages for people to get involved with that?
1: Yeah, so um, you can follow my Instagram page, which is Jordan Lussy Football Coaching, and it's the same on Facebook as well. So just at Jordan Lussy Football Coaching.
0: Right. Keep it going, mate. Um let's call it a podcast there. Uh, I've taken up your time. I know you've got Cheers, a week anyway. But again, mate, I just want to wish you all the luck with everything that you've got going on, your coaching and Marine as well. And obviously not only in the round but also in the league. Uh, keep it going, mate, and keep you know, keep going at it because like you've just said it's so hard to to keep going but you've done it and you thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests without them this wouldn't be possible don't forget to follow us on social media twitter.com forward slash
1: the road pod and on instagram instagram slash the road end pod